Welcome back to another episode of the Successful Driver Podcast presented by Aero Truck Sales. Really excited to go outside the Aero walls today. Very big guest here, Carrie Wierakowski, the director of the Roadside Inspection Program with the Commercial Vehicle Safety Alliance. So excited to be talking to you, Carrie. Thank you so much for spending a little time with us. Thanks for having me. Oh, we're so excited. And, you know, it's a it's a big week coming up for y'all. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But first, Carrie, we always just like to get a little bit of background about you. So if you want to tell us, you know, a little bit about yourself, your truck driver story, your trucking story, I guess, sure. is the best way to you know, not everybody's a truck driver necessarily, but what's your story in the trucking industry? Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of people do ask me whatever possessed me to want to inspect trucks for a living. Uh, <laughs> honestly, I started in the government when I was 18 and I was working in the office and the guys used to go in and come back out and all the time. And I'd be like, that job looks pretty interesting. And so six years later, I applied to go to a scale. So I worked in Ontario, Canada, and I worked at the scales. So if any of your listeners here know the Putnam scales. That's where I worked for about <laughs> six years. And then I transferred out of there, went on area patrol, was on area patrol for about 12 years. And then after that, I went into our head office and I was um, in charge of the inspector training, industry training. And then I was on a bunch of committees, CVSA being one of them. So I chaired the vehicle committee for CVSA for 10 years while I worked for the government. And then I quit the government and decided that I would decide to train more people than just the people in Ontario, which branches out now into the three countries of Mexico, Canada, and the United States. Wow. So, um, I have been with CVSA now since 2017. And uh, I, the only thing I miss about my old job is crawling around under those trucks. <laughs> honestly. I miss it every day. <laughs> you, uh, do you ever get, you ever get underneath there ever? I do still. Yeah. I was in uh, Pennsylvania a couple of years, a couple of years ago and I was going to teach a course. And so I went a day ahead and I went out with the guys from PA and they were more than happy to have me crawl around under their trucks. Believe me. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Uh, no, and it's like riding a bike. Right. And that's what I keep saying. It's like, <laughs> you can be good at your job. You can be papers, book smart and practically stupid. So there is a point where I need to go under trucks still in order to make sure that I keep the knowledge that I had when I was doing it every day. Sure. So. Well, I, you know, Carrie, I'm really fascinated to ask you this question because uh, one of the purposes of this, you know, this podcast is just to try to get a wide varieties across the trucking industry. And, you know, we, we want to help, you know, the, the drivers out there become successful. And so we want to ask you from your perspective, what makes a, a successful driver? In my opinion, a successful driver is a well-trained driver. And I would suggest to you, and I say this often, and I've actually been recently working with the autonomous vehicle group de dealing with trip inspections. Mm -hmm. And I would say to you that a driver's trip inspection is probably the most important thing that he does, but it's probably the thing that's most lacking. And if he does a really good trip inspection, I used to do driver talks all the time. And I said, if you guys did a good trip inspection, I wouldn't have a job <laughs> <laughs> like, or I'd be really bored at my job because <laughs> nothing would be wrong. And that's just not the case. I mean, that's not reality. Reality is we put 20% of the vehicles on the road out of service for something. And yeah, there are things that can happen post the trip inspection, such as a light goes out or whatever, or you hit something and the tire goes flat. But I have a lot of, thousands upon thousands upon 10,000s of pictures that that violation was definitely there when he left in that, that morning. Mm. 
and he suffers the consequences at roadside when those violations are found by an enforcement official and it's not necessary. Right. You know, it's just, and, and drivers will admit that to me. Like they used to admit that to me, you'd show them the violations, you'd show them what they have wrong, what's out of service. And they would be like, I never looked or I looked, but I didn't know that's what I was looking for, which is more important. You know, they need to be trained. And I say to motor carriers all the time, it's not enough to just, because he's got a driver's license doesn't mean that he knows what he's looking at when he's checking the truck. Two totally different things. You know, you can be the greatest driver and not know how to change your oil. <laughs> and I'm not <laughs> suggesting that he needs to know how to change his oil. But I mean, I, I, I say the same thing about myself. I was 20 years old when I started inspecting trucks. They didn't just give me the book of regulations and the out of service and tell me to go have at it. Mm. I needed to be trained to identify those types of violations and things that are wrong on the truck. And sometimes I think that's lacking. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you get to interact with a lot of truck drivers, I'm sure in your role. And I want to ask you your role in the truck driver's story. What do you do to help truck drivers find success out on the road? I answer their questions every day for one. And, um, <laughs> you know, I, I CVS, since I started at CVSA, um, when I was chairing the vehicle committee, uh, our associate members, which are all industry people, used to sit in that committee and they're starving for information. I feel honestly that a lot of the motor carrier industry, they want to comply. They want to so badly, but they just don't know the same information that inspectors know. So three years ago now, when I first started at CVSA, I developed an industry course and I've had drivers on that industry course and they love it. And it's the same course that inspectors go through And then some, because I also teach them how to file a data queue if they get an inspection report with information that's not correct. Knowledge is power. If you know as much as a driver, if a driver knows as much as I do as an inspector, he's never going to have a problem because he's going to have every, like everything's going to be in a row, right? And it's like, you know, and even things like, you know, to a driver, like don't just take the information that your motor carrier gives you and throw it all in the glove box and it's all over the place. And then you get stopped (laughs) You're stressed out. I mean, and I get that. I mean, I used to stop drivers and they're like shaking in their boot and I'm like, calm down, you know, but if everything's chronologically in a binder or whatever, and I totally get it. Like when you're going from jurisdiction to jurisdiction, lots of those books have tabs in them. Mine was usually in the back Canada. It was like at the back, (laughs) but it's like, you know, if it's all chronologically there, it's just a matter of handing it to me and going, here you go. Here's this, like here's Ontario. And everything was there. I could look at the registration. If they don't know where anything is, it automatically starts to elevate the situation. Mm. And then when they've got, you know, can I have your insurance card? And you've got 19 of them in there and 18 of them are expired. Well, get rid of the ones that you don't need anymore so that it's just not a big pile of paperwork that you and I are both struggling to get through at roadside. A, it increases your inspection time drastically, Mm. which you don't want and I don't want. But if we can't find what we're looking for, it just makes it that much worse. And ELDs is a prime example of that too. Know how to work that thing because there's over 600 of them and an inspector is never going to be like with every single one of them. But you know what? You've got one. If you know how to use it, I don't even have to touch it. I just have to go, okay, show me your days, slide back and forth, transfer me your file. He gets on there, transfers the file. Give me your documents. Give me your user manual. If he knows where all that is, that whole trend, that whole thing takes one minute. 
If he doesn't know how to do anything, we're 20 minutes later on the side of the road. And I've been there. What do you got? I don't know what I got. Company gave me this thing. I don't know what it does. I don't know how to use it. I don't know anything. Or what do you got there? Well, I've got this and I can do this and totally different trans transaction. Well, Carrie, I can tell you I'm guilty of the insurance card thing there. So there I, I probably need to go throw a few away from myself. And registrations. And <laughs> <laughs> I want five pieces of paper, not 50. <laughs> well, I want to I know a little bit about the CVSA, their mission. Just tell us a little bit. I'm sure you know a lot of listeners that you know are, are, are listening to this right now know, but it's, it's always a good refresher and just to hear it straight from the source. Right. So the first thing that a lot of people think CVSA is, is that we're the regulator and we are not. So that's the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration. So the Commercial Vehicle Safety Alliance is a nonprofit organization that is made up of state, provincial, territorial, federal government, and a lot of industry. So our associate members make up probably now about 65% of our membership. Mm -hmm. And I would say from an industry perspective, the friends that I have from the industry that come to CVSA, their number one benefit to them is they get to come to CVSA, they get to phone me anytime they want, and they get like they will come up to me and go, hey, I need to talk to somebody from New Mexico. And I'm like, okay, come with me. Cause there's somebody in that room from enforcement in New Mexico. So then they start to make those personal, uh, you know, transactions with those people and they can pick up the phone and valuable for enforcement too. When I was working in Ontario, I get a driver from Montana and he says, Oh no, no, in Montana, we can do this. Well, let me call my friend from Montana and find out whether or not that's true. Huge value in that sure. huge value. And what we do is what CVSA's mission is, is we try to make sure, and it's mostly my job to make sure that if you get an inspection done in California, it's the same inspection in New Brunswick, Canada. The process is the same. The out of service criteria is the same. The regulations will vary slightly as like, for instance, hours of service regulations are not the same in Canada as they are in the US, mm -hmm. but we're still looking at records of duty status. We're still gonna place you out of service if you go over your hours. And the inspection is done in the same 37-step chronological order. And that's for my safety and for yours. Sure. So if I'm doing the inspection correctly and uniformly with somebody that also works in Michigan, you should know where I am all the time in that inspection. If I tell you I'm doing a level one and I'm going to do a 37-step inspection, I'm going to go counterclockwise around your truck and then I'm going to go under. And I'm not bouncing and bebopping all over the place. And I don't miss stuff either. So that, that's what's key. Like, it's like, yeah. if I, and it's the same thing with a driver doing a pre-trip. If you do it the same way every day right. and you don't bounce and bop all over the place, you won't miss anything. Cause it's, it's chronological and you just, it's like riding a bike. Right. Really. So that's what I, I, I hope to do in my job for industry and enforcement. So I get calls from both sides sure. wanting clarification on regulations, clarifications on out of services, clarifications on what was on the inspection report. I just try to educate everybody. And like what I say to my industry folks, when they come to the course, it's like, if you did wrong and you deserve it, I have no problem with you having the violation on your inspection report. But if you didn't do it and it ended up on your inspection report, I'm going to give you the tools to get it off. Sure. Because no. enforcement officers aren't perfect either. Mm. We make mistakes. You make mistakes. I'm just trying to make everybody perfect. <laughs> that's, a, that's a big asset for this industry. And, yeah. Know bridging some gaps there and, and creating some standardization that's big right 
Right. I mean, everybody's trying to get things from point A to point B safely. Right. I don't think anybody's trying to do it otherwise. Mm -hmm. But when you don't have the tools to do it, sometimes it falls short. So I'm just trying to give everybody the same tools. Well, Carrie, you have a big event coming up. It's the yearly international road check. I believe it's May 4th through 6th. I want you to talk a little bit about that, what you guys are looking for. What's the point of emphasis this year? Yeah, so the point of emphasis this year is the same as last year. And really, they left it the same because last year it was postponed and it happened in September. And when it did, we were still under pretty heavy COVID restrictions. So the numbers were low. So they and we haven't really had a conference in person since. So they left it the same way. I do expect the inspection numbers will be higher this time than they were in September. Um, our focus is driver requirements and lighting. Um, lighting mainly, they chose lighting the, in the last conference because it's always the number one violation. It's right up there with brakes. Um, and then the driver requirements, they chose that because at that point, ELDs had taken on full, like it wasn't the grandfathering timeframe anymore. So they wanted to see if ELDs had been fully implemented. So they're doing it again, because again, like I said, the other problem is last fall, and through last year, the emergency declaration was in place, which it still is, but it affected a lot more carriers last year than it does now. So the federal government had the emergency declaration in place for COVID. At the very beginning, it exempted a lot of people from a lot of the regulation. It's still there, but it's limited down to, you know, carrying vaccines or, you know, it's very specific. So most of the industry is outside of that emergency declaration now. So that's what they're going to focus on. Um, why road check? It's a question that comes up often. Like, why do we do road check? Because everybody gets ready. And then for those three days, most of the trucks are good. My answer to that is, well, if we didn't do road check, people wouldn't get their truck ready. At all. <laughs> <laughs> so again, back to my original point, I want compliance. I don't care how we get you there. So if you sure. fix your truck because you're afraid of road check, excellent. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> kind of like how I start flossing about three days. That's before right, right before the, the dentist. dentist. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Hey, you know so, what? Hey, it got me to floss one more time. Maybe that's than right. I would have. That's right. Or you're going to go and get your blood work done. So you got to eat right for a month so that he doesn't tell you that you're almost diabetic. It's that, Exactly. Yeah. You know, we're, <laughs> we're cheating the system and we don't care if it's not for our own health. Right. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. So, and then the other thing about road check is it's the one thing that, for some, for for the most part, it's more it's more random than it is selective. Yeah, and so more inspections get done, and it's the seventy two hours. So then we can compare data, right? It's really the only yeah. three days that things are relatively the same every year. Yeah. So it's a it's a data element that we can go, hey, like how's what's the benchmark for industry? How are they doing? Yeah. Are we doing better? Are we doing worse? Like where are we? And what are the violations that are starting to creep up? What are the ones that are going down? Where do we need to focus? So road check gives us a lot of that information. To so take that's, I mean, that's gotta be critical for your guys's your year long plan. I would imagine. Yeah, it is. It is. And I watch it carefully to know what training things that I need to deal. Like sure. what do I need to train industry on or, you know, what's being documented. Sometimes, sometimes things aren't being documented correctly. So I need to do enforcement training. So I'm seeing more and more of that all the time. And due to COVID, uh, we started up a learning management system on our website. So all of our members now can go into our CVSA learning and I'm putting all kinds of courses in there based on what I see. So there's little quick fix things in there for the enforcement people, but industry can go in there and take them all. 
And I know a lot of industry people that are taking them because they call me and brag that they're getting their little badges and their certificates. And so, and good on them. I'm, I'm glad they are because there's stuff in there about ABS and air disc brakes and driveline drive shaft, all kinds of things that they can go in there and learn about. So does that data kind of help you determine the course of action for points of emphasis the following year? Is that something that you guys typically use to help to make those determinations? Sometimes, sometimes, um, like sometimes if, if the violations are very high, they may leave it the way it is and focus on it again. I'll give you an example of that with our operation air break, which is another, uh, week we do like we have break safety week and then operation air break for the longest time we were looking for way back when, we were taking data information on automatic slack adjusters, how many trucks had them, how many trucks didn't. But as time moves forward, obviously now almost all trucks have automatic slacks. So then the next technological thing that came out was ABS. We found out that a lot of our inspectors didn't know how to check it. So then we started training them. So then we did ABS for maybe five years and then you see the violations go up and then you see them start coming down. Cause they go up initially because industry's not looking and we're not checking. So when we start checking, they're high. Well, then we start checking and they get written up, then it starts coming down. So we kind of watch that decrease. When that decreases, then the next thing we wanted to know was how many trucks were equipped with air disc brakes because we wanted to see how they were being implemented into the industry. So we do that for a few years. So a lot of times it's just, it's we're trying to get data out of the industry to see what's actually going on out there. Sure. So it, it ebbs and flows. So Carrie, have you ever noticed one year that you, you, you notice something that you want to address the, you announce that as the point of emphasis for the checks the next year and the data goes down. Do you see those drops simply by announcing that your points of emphasis are going to be that, or is it, is that even, is it, is that a very nuanced question that we can't even go with here? I don't think so. I've okay. never, I've never seen that preemptive strike on that okay. because the, the, the thing is, and often they ask that, well, why do you put an emphasis on anything? The emphasis isn't that the inspectors are going out there and they're only checking lighting and driver requirements because they're not. Right, the right. vast majority of inspections that are done are level one inspections, which is everything. Mm -hmm. That's the full, the biggest inspection you can get. So I'm not going under there and skipping suspension, brakes, steering, tires, wheels, right. rims. I'm doing all of that. The emphasis part is we have educational materials that we hand out. Mm -hmm. So that's more of the emphasis part. It's like, gotcha. if you go to a scale during road check, you're going to get a level one. You could very well be put out of service for a tire wheel, rim, brake, whatever. Right. But there's going to be a pamphlet potentially given to you by the inspector. And if he gives it to you during road check, it's going to be on your driver requirements and your lighting. Okay. That's, wow. that's really what it, what it boils down to is what we're targeting. And then maybe what data point we might be collecting above Sure. The regular, we're, we're taking data on all the inspections, but we may ask the question of the inspectors, you know, how many trucks had ELDs, how many trucks didn't, just mm -hmm. so that we can get that d data piece. Um, but it has nothing to do with enforcement per se. Gotcha. Well, Carrie, I am so appreciative of your time. It was really great getting to hear from you. Thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us. No problem. Hope to do it again someday. Absolutely. We'd love to have you on anytime. And, and that's going to do it for another episode of the Successful Driver Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to like, subscribe on all platforms. We'll catch you later.